Sunderland season finally came to a draining end yesterday, losing 3-2 on aggregate to Lincoln City, despite a 2-1 win and all of our hopes being raised at half-time. We will be shows, but if he does, Grant, you, you've obviously done us immensely proud over the years you have. You've got promotions and stuff there. You've created some fantastic moments. You've been a great pro. Um, and if you are listening, mate, you're always one of us. And, and thanks for trying your very, very best on the pitch. All lands to Max Power. Yeah, he did. He did um, he'll be in... Uh old Lincoln fans' hearts for a while, just for, for that long pun. Although, been on it hasn't been the season we wanted. I wanted a nice celebratory podcast, another preview before Wembley with you know another fan from the League One team. It hasn't been the case, but thanks for tuning in. Thanks for kind of sticking with me. It's not always the easiest thing to do. Early goal from Nathan Broadhead was enough to guarantee the lads fifth place and a pretty safe passage to the playoffs. Hutchinson looking to cover the ground. And Stewart, just before half time, is with Summon. We'll head to Hillsborough on Monday. Knowing any avoidance of defeat, we'll see the lads travel to Wembley to take on one of Wickham or MK Dons in the League One playoff. Summon are going to be there at Wembley on Saturday, May the 21st, after a 93rd minute goal from Patrick Bloody Roberts. And should we navigate past the best player? Sunderland surrounded on Sheffield Wednesday soil. Welcome to the first Sunderland review of the season. Pleased to let everyone know that it's a, a lot more positive and Sunderland returned to a, a pretty packed stadium light, which felt a bit weird at first to, to beat Wigan. First and foremost, it's a, a new member of the show, um, someone who obviously has been on a few streams with me on the Sunderland Echo before with Dave Lawrence. Dave, how are you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, not bad at all. Thanks, Graham, yourself? Yes. Yeah, excuse me. We've won the league now, haven't we? So we might as well just get on with it. Um <laughs> How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm not bad, thanks. Yeah, live from the Comfort Inn, Sunderland. All, all set for a night out, so don't keep me too long. Sunderland and the Irvine Ibrahimovic continue to shine. We're talking about people and, and calling them Gherkins. I didn't realise how much Callum Doyle actually looks like Justin Bieber until today. Thanks to Carl Andreas Winiesta, Sunderland have edged a close game at the Stadium of Light as they beat AFC Wimbledon 1-0. Three points, so you're a lot happier than I am, but I'm in the middle of eating a KFC, so... So who's the real winner? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Sunderland took a massive win over high-flying Wickham Wanderers. 
Nice, isn't it? But talking about Alex Pritchard, I keep calling him Harry. I don't know why. I don't know where Harry Pritchard's come from, but um, someone please drum it into my head that it's Alex. Let's be honest, another absolutely woeful referee and performance from someone in this league. It's just horrendous. Horrendous today, actually, oh. yeah. And uh, the Gherkin, or Kirkin, Sirkin, whatever you want to call him. After weeks of positivity, Sunderland contrived to concede two goals in the final nine minutes. And a podcast debutant, obviously he's recently been heard on the wonderful Wiseman Say podcast, but he makes his debut for What the Fork, the third best Sunderland podcast this evening. Um, welcome to the show, Brad Sharp. Brad, how are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, Graham. Thanks. How are you? Oh. Hi Winchester. Hi Winchester. Hi Winchester. Uh, Sunderland have made it five home wins in a row and bounced back with a hard-fought 1-0 win over Bolton Wanderers today after, yet again, Carl Winchester popped up with a smash in a goal in the first half and hand us all three points. Yeah, I can absolutely see yourselves going up the season as, as favourites. Um, like I said, I completely respect Sunderland as a team, and I can recognise how, how massive the club is. And still turning up today, having you know been in our league two tall last year and turning up to ground, thinking what on earth is this, and then turning up to the stadium of light today, looking up and thinking, wow, this is this is a Premier League stadium still. Oh, and welcome to the I don't really want to do this because I'm sad and angry Sunderland review podcast, also known as Ah. And welcome to hell. Sunderland ensured 2K plus fans endured probably the scariest Halloween that they could imagine. Managed to pluck up the courage to do a podcast and much like the popular film, we're hoping it'll be a good exorcism that will rid us of the anger that lies inside. And failing that, we'll just do exactly what the priest did in the movie and jump out of the window. You know, right, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's I mean, it is Halloween. So I guess, you know, there's, there's one thing. Oh my God, my cat's kicking right off. Anyone can hear that. I'm not going to edit it. I can't be asked. You're going to have to just deal with it, guys. All right. Pitchard over the top yeah. of Diaku, who's causing problems this afternoon down this right-hand side. Diaku easily gets past his man. Diaku! Oh! <laughs> it's been a while since you've been on, but uh, Jack Shields, he's actually waiting to get ready to go on a night out. Where are you going, mate? Through the town just for a few drinks, but, uh, you know, it's 8 o'clock, so uh, you know, I'm leaving it a bit late, but it'll take, it doesn't, only takes me five minutes to make myself beautiful, Graham, so... Takes me a bit longer, got to be honest with you. Matt from Jill's in the Blood. Matt, silly question because no one likes getting beat, but in general, are you all right? Yeah, I'm okay. Got a McDonald's, got a drink. I'm alive. <laughs> um, yeah, not too much to complain about, I don't think, which is, as we know, for me, is like quite unique, really. I've normally got something to whinge about. It shouldn't matter who's playing. We should have an identity of how we play because at this level, we should be able to stamp our authority on most games. And that's even coming up against the likes of Rotherham, Chef Wed, Ipswich. We should still be able to put our foot down, put on the gas and get in front of their faces. Nobody is that much better than each other at this league. Winchester, I mean, he's godly, isn't he? He's great. He's lovely. He's lovely, so he is. Um, but... And sometimes you think things, and you know what? I'm, I'm delighted 
delighted Lee Johnson at the minute has proven me wrong, but the season's the season is long. Um, I'll forgive him when he gets us promoted as champions with 100 points. Brad, you're returning for the first time in a few weeks, and I've got to make this point here. Long story short, our phone's been all right when you've not been on the show. You've returned, and uh, we've drew 1-1, one, one, mate. How are you doing? Are you all right? feel guilty at all? Now that you've put it that way, yeah, I feel really guilty. I know that we're in a bit of form, which have been out of form, but still, I think, going away from home and getting a point against a team that you still expect could end up up there is a good point as long as you win your home games you'll you'll take a point away yeah I think it's it's probably just getting rid of the more Oxford 1-1s at home and the the Shrewsbury's against 10 men it's games like today in in um, isolation I don't think are are bad results so we can go to Doncaster if we can go and put them to bed because they're really struggling yeah then we we have that little bit more confidence they've had a good night at the Emirates win, lose or draw we've got that far you know Go and put Doncaster to bed. Then we've got a home game. Everyone will be in good spirits against Chef Wed. And in the new year, we've got, we, have, we have Fleetwood coming up. So we've got some very good games coming up. And it's it's up to us how we, how we react to it. And then COVID's going to cancel it all. It's been a very enjoyable post-Christmas. There's 4,000 Sunderland fans made the trip to Yorkshire to see Lee Johnson's Sunderland absolutely dismantle Gary McSheffrey's Doncaster Rovers. Well, for me, we are talking about the Santa thing the other day, and I know we're here to talk about Sunderland, but I must say that we're thinking the other day, when do you find out Santa's not real? And I found out when my dad left the price on the back of me, Sunderland's to beat your team when I was about seven, had Joseph's 9.99 on the back. So I, I think I found out in the best possible way because Joseph was a class toy shop. And I, for a while, I thought maybe Santa lived in Joseph's, but apparently not so. And he does. I love I love the bloke. We all know how much I love the bloke. I rant and rave about him every time we're on. Um, Pritchard, good. Starting to prove with his fitness and everything that he's a cut above. Um, Embleton was pretty good today. Gooch, uh, yeah, to be honest, I couldn't find a weak performer, if I'm honest. You know, nice to see Corey Evans back in there just slipping straight in. Yeah, looks, oh, it's a, not much to whinge about, is there? I'll listen to this tomorrow and think, oh, what the fuck was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> I do that, Silver, mate, but thanks for listening and thanks for joining. I think the big talking point, especially from a Sunderland perspective before the game, was the, the, the COVID cases. Obviously, I think, you know, some of us were aware which players were out in, in, in the long run. It was only really Diakou and, and Hoffman that was missing in terms of guaranteed starters. But the bench was like players who've been out on loan and, and young kids and a very, very young and experienced goalkeeper. Ross Stewart gets injured out. I reckon we should just cancel the entire season. Like, <laughs> if, Ross, right, uh, if yeah. he gets COVID, just definitely cancel it, all right, if anyone's listening to something. But the second one, I've obviously gone a bit mad about it on Twitter. I'm still a bit mad about it. it was Hanlon that's backing in the pass and holding on to his arm. For me, that should have never been given for a multitude of reasons. But but what are your thoughts on it, Brad? Am I being a little bit too biased? Or? Um. <sighs> You've got to remember they get one chance to see it, and with and well, like I said, I commented on uh, the Twitter feed. There's about four or five things going on in there. There's Flanagan and one of their players. I don't know who it was. Flanagan's trying to assault them. Yeah, Doyle and uh, what's his face who scored? Vokes. Yeah, them two trying to swap shirts with each other. Hanlon was backing into Patterson. And Sirkin had his arm all over him. And then like <laughs> the funny bit was Carl Winchester saying like he was just waving. For once, it's not because we will win Tuesday night and I'm putting it out there. Oh, fuck's sake. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling it, mate. It's 4-1 Sunderland. Chris so, McGuire, 86 the... minute, 1-0. 
Lincoln get the free kick. They take it quickly. This is Adelakin inside the area now. Shoots. Charged down by Flanagan. Maguire. Goal. Oh. Yeah. Hello and welcome back to the What The Fork uh, review show. A little bit of a different one today. We're going for a review before the game, potentially half-time if I can be asked, and then of course full-time because the Sunland Central Scotland branch is having a unofficial, unofficial? Me unofficial. and Phil? Yeah, we're going unofficial. We're going unofficial. We've got the flag though. You've got a mixture of uh, success on the show, to be honest with you though, Dan, because you've had a 5-1 defeat and I remember you came on after a win, I can't remember when it was, but are you feeling confident? Uh, yeah, what was it? I think it was one of the home wins. Oh, there's a train. Oh, there's Simon. a train. Lovely. Classic on the fly recording. Uh, Very good to be Hello, welcome. I was meant, <laughs> meant to be recording and saying welcome back, but nonetheless, I forgot to press record. So, welcome back. Um, we just had a fantastic, fantastic 15 minute spell um, where Danny basically spoke for ages and I just didn't press record. Not on purpose, but we're back. We're on the train. I don't think I've ever done this before. The ambience, I don't know if it's going to work. Hopefully, you can hear us. Um, <laughs> Phil, you've got a can open. How are you feeling? You alright? Uh, yes, I'm feeling good. Uh, nice hazy Jane brew dog here by the wee celebration on the train home. Uh, those last five minutes were getting quite tense, wondering if we would do a Sunderland and uh, just obviously throw in a goal just to uh, appease the opposition, but we uh, we didn't do it. We put a quite high bar out in the pre-match pod about a Stan Varger expectation. I didn't say that. I said uh, I would tell you what we would do, and I, I actually said 1-0, and sure enough it was. But uh, you know he, exactly what we've been looking for. It's only one game, and we should remember Stan Varga um, didn't ever quite repeat his debut performance. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> we should be wary of that. Long story short, train back to Scotland from Newcastle. Uh, one of our drunken friends from the opposite, well, the wrong side of Newcastle supporting teams was on the train. Decided to smoke on the train. That's a non-smoking train. One of our branch members decided that's not going to happen. It's a non-smoking <laughs> train, and politely, politely told him to put that cigarette out. In what way? Well, he justifiably, justifiably, justifiably yes. told, that, told that, picked it up out. on the recording. Yeah. When we say asked him to put it out politely, stubbed it out on well, his forehead. The first way: if you play with fire, you're going to get burned. That's, that's the lesson. That's the lesson we learn. I'm going to be confident with this one. I agree. I think you'll score a goal. We do leak goals, although we got a clean sheet at the weekend and we looked a lot tighter with our new signing. But I do I do think, I'm going to say 3 1 Sunderland. I'm sure, as you all know, we normally discuss and convene to discuss the weekend game. But since we got Wallop 6 0, Wallop 6 0, Wallop 6 0, what the hell happened in the last 24, 48 hours? Trying to make sense of it as much as everyone else, I think. That's the problem when you try to make sense of Sunderland Association Football Club. You should never try because you can't. I think the review would have been a lot different if it had been 24 hours later. So I was still seething. Um, but like you say, a lot's happened. Um, hopefully a lot will still happen in the next few hours. I don't know if we're going to get in or not. See what it says here. Use parents' door. Where's the parents' door? Because you're not going to win every game. And when you lose three games, you lose them heavy. You go, oh, for God's sake, not again. Or you go on one of these like streaks where we're getting beat. Apart from Allardyce or Poirier, for me, no, no, no one that we've had before. I know we've seen Roy Keane's mention, but he hasn't really done it for a long time now, has he? Isn't really anyone who has excited me. If we're going, if we're if we're wanting to appoint a long term 
head coach, like the plan was with Lee Johnson, then it might rule out people that don't want to work with a, a sporting director. However, if we are saying, right, we need someone to the end of the season to get us up, it won't matter. Wonderful world of Wearside had another hectic week as Roy Keane turned out to be not that keen after all. A new manager was announced by almost everyone but the club itself and our new right back was mixed up with the club media man. I wouldn't even necessarily say confidence is low. I just think that we don't react well to negativity. Do I mean in terms of us making bad decisions, a decision going against us, anything like that. Do I mean? But at the end of the day, listen, we're in a big boys game. You need to grow up, you need to put your big boy pants on, get on with it. And Stewart here with his right foot. Yes. Get it. 3 0. And Ross Stewart with his second penalty of the game. All right, everybody. Tie your shoes. To the happiest what the fuck review show in some time. Yeah, if we if we get to the playoffs, history tells me that we're gonna fuck up at some point, probably the final, probably in the 94th minute. But I think we've got every chance, mate. I think we've got every chance if we can get a little bit of consistency and we don't become Jekyll and Hyde. Going into the playoffs, as you just said before, there's no one that we should fear. If Alex Nailgan gets a bit more streetwise and a little bit less David Brentism, you know. Sharks, sharks on a Monday. To be honest, mate, it's, it's just a Ross Stewart world and we're all living in it. Um, we love Ross. you, Ross. Don't leave us, you bastard. Please, <laughs> don't, don't, please don't go, Ross. Um, <laughs> please don't go. Um, <laughs> Everybody, yeah. Watch your body, yeah. Everybody, yeah. Watch your body, Dan Neal. Dan Neal. Um, Dan Neal uh, is a very nice footballer. I'm a big fan. I like him a lot. Hello and welcome back to the What the Fork crew review, which is a lovely little rhyme, which I quite liked actually when I was writing it down. The next two games are Lincoln away. Gillingham at home, then you've got Oxford away, and then Shrewsbury at home. Um, that leads us into like the last three games, one of them being Plymouth. So, arguably, Lincoln, Gillingham, Oxford, Shrewsbury. How many points do you think we need out of that to guarantee a playoff place? Well, I agree with you. I think I agree with you. Yeah, it's just win, 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 win at all costs. The roof would come off the stadium of light if someone were to find a winner. This late on, Embleton delivers one, looking for Broadhead, he's found the goal! Yes! yes! <laughs> there it is! There it is! Thanks and the Broadhead just come off the Stadium of Light! And the shirt's off as well. Hello and welcome back to the What The Fork Sunland Review Show. 
It was a wonderful, sunny and enjoyable afternoon on Wearside as Nathan Broadhead made the perfect comeback by nodding in a 95th minute winner to ensure Sunderland's playoff promotion hopes received the shot in the arm it probably needed. Uh, yeah, you're right. I was definitely the, the managers who were out there. I was the, He was the one I thought, actually, he's a top coach. Um, I saw some stats earlier today that, you know, we've conceded less game, less goals in all of his games than we did in that one Bolton game where obviously we were even heading the ball into our own net, you know. Not being particularly happy. No one was unhappy with Alex Neal. They, they were unhappy with how long it took and how it was handled. Mm-hmm. You're going to hate me because I can't do it in two words, but it means absolutely sweet fuck all unless we beat Oxford or at least, sorry, unless we have a positive result against Oxford. It's Matetti. Matetti turning away from Sykes, still going, Matetti, Matetti into the penalty area, a little ball into O'Neill, teeing up now, eventually, yes! yes! Embleton's what a good goal that is! Um, he's probably the worst captain I've ever seen, not just at Sunderland, but in any level of any football. In any level of any football. Fucking hell. It wasn't just a good Friday for Sunderland, it was a bloody great Friday for Sunderland. And forget about Jesus rising from the dead, today's all about Nathan Broadhead rising not home, Jack Clock's cross and giving us a last gasp winner for the lads to chalk up. Another massive three points as the defeated Shrewsbury Town 3-2 at the Stadium of Light. And I promise I didn't write all that down and just read it from a piece of paper, but I definitely did. You've been quite in praise of Corey Evans, Dave, in previous weeks when me and Brad probably haven't. Um, he scored last week. I actually thought he made a, a really huge difference today. I think he stopped the flow of them coming at us and turned the pitch around. Um, has Corey Evans' importance to Sunderland perhaps been misjudged by fans like myself? He's clinical. He's, he's got some about him. He's a confident lad. So, yeah, you just hope he stays fit. And I'm, I'm sure he will. That the, the longer he stays fit, the better the more we'll see of him for the, for the rest of the season. Actually, you know, I, I think because of the injuries he's had, he's, he's got a lot more to kind of to kind of fire in for, for the, the last um, few weeks. So, yeah, it's, it is important because we do need that other outlet uh, and that other goal-scoring kind of threat. That, that You know, Stuart will get back on it. There's no way Stuart's not going to get back on it for the last few games. But Broad is just there to, to kind of take the burden off him as well, which is really, really useful. And every time I hear him speak, he just gives me that little bit more confidence. Going into Oxford last week, I just... It's one of them where... I, and I said it under Parkinson. I said it under Johnson. There was games, I was like, we'd, we'd been on the back of good runs, 11 undefeated or whatever, however you want to describe it. And I just thought, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, this is the turning point. Parkinson does not lose this game there. And then all of a sudden we get hounded 3-0. And it's like, what on earth has just happened there? We, we're on the back of an 11-game unbeaten run. And I suppose all in all, it just shows you that they were really shite managers. And <laughs> yeah, Alex Neil. You know, we weren't brilliant against Oxford. He told us he got it wrong. We still won. Hey, for the next seven games, if we include three playoff games, I couldn't care how shite we play if we win 1-0, 2-1. Couldn't care less. No. It's been a long time since I've like loved a manager this much. I don't know if that's my... I live in Glasgow, so I'm very, very biased by his personality. <laughs> um, but he's just... I like the fact that you touched on Oxford. They came out against Oxford and he was like, oh, I made a mistake there. Like he's not just the kind of manager that just says it straight and puts his players under the bus. He just he's just dead honest across the board. And 
tactically astute as well because we can all be honest I guess but like when you get the results on the pitch and that as well I'm just uh, I mean the long story short is I really like him please don't let me down because it's now recorded Alex um oh welcome to the well, what the fuck po- podcast <laughs> we have for once uh well second time actually done a little bit of podding outdoors again we're in that fans museum like we were last time after I think the I want to say the Portsmouth game, but it's the Scotland Sunderland branches fifth or sixth trip this season. I think it is. We've kept up the winning run, so we thought we'd we do a bit of roaming potting. We were going to be doing it um, before the game, but unfortunately there was a band that was incredibly loud in Victors that would have made it completely pointless. Yes, I'm good, Graham. I think uh, you rightly pointed to the incredible records that we have this season. Uh, as far as official trips are concerned, we are absolutely nailing it. I think other branches are absolutely pleading for us to come to every single game. Uh, somebody even said earlier on that if we go to every game, we'll be in the Premier League in no time. So, no, I've just remembered about sitting here as well. That trains pass. Yeah, yeah. People quite like well, that. Was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Quite ethereal, isn't it? We've come into it in yeah. form. We're unbeaten in eleven now. Is it 10, 11 games? Eleven, twelve, I think. Um, Alec Neal has absolutely sorted out the defensive side of things, which was our biggest problem. Yeah. Um, you spoke about the Plymouth game earlier on. I had a bit of a fear about that one because they sold out their their home end, and I started to think about Rotherham, about Bolton, about Sheffield, about Portsmouth, where that group of players had absolutely folded going to grounds where the home end had sold out, and they were it's their big match, and we'd just been turned over. So you sorted that out. I'm gonna be a little bit apprehensive. I'm loving what I'm seeing. Absolutely loving. We're sitting here five-one, regardless of the ten men situation. Um, if I was a, a neutral looking at this playoff race, I'm thinking I want I to be Sunderland. I want to be Sunderland with that yeah, group of players. Me too. With that form, but yeah, we are Sunderland at the end of the day, and <laughs> that's why we're not that confident because we're no. That's the thing uh, you can you find can, a way of bucking up. You can have all of that kind of rationale as to why we might win the playoffs, and then the the rationale of why we, we might completely mess it up. But the rationale is always the same. Well, we're Sunderland. A brilliant win, absolute brilliant win. Five one, can it get any better? An early goal from Nathan Broadhead meant a scrappy one win over Morecambe at the. Mizuma Stadium, I think it's now called, was enough to guarantee the lads fifth place and a pretty safe passage through the playoffs next week against Chef Wed. First part of the job done, so we say, but in the words of Alex Neal himself, I think pretty much the hard work begins now, essentially. How confident are you, Dave, in short, that we can get to Wembley against Chef Wed? Oh, yeah, in short. It's, for me, this is, this is the tough part. If we get through the semi-final... We're finally getting promoted. We'll beat Chef Wed home and away. And before we end as well, one player, he went down injured today and I, I, a lot of people listening are going to shit themselves. And t- <laughs> um, we need him fit. Um, oh, I love you. I love you. Love it's, you. It's, 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 my, it's my boy, uh, Corey Evans. Um, he's probably the worst captain I've ever seen, not just at Sunderland, but in any level of any football. Made him fit. Uh, oh, I love you, I love you, love you. It's, 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 my, it's my boy, uh, Corey Evans. Fucking turn. I, um, I vote of confidence and a bit of a kick up the arse pep talk and got my photograph with him. The bloke's been outstanding. <laughs> he's really good. He's my man. My man of the match today. Hutchinson looking to cover the ground.
Welcome back to the What The Fork Sunderland Review Show. A goal from Ross Stewart just before half-time ensured Sunderland will head to Hillsborough on Monday. Knowing any avoidance of defeat, we'll see the lads travel to Wembley to take on one of Wickham or MK Dons in the League One playoff final. I have to discuss the atmosphere. I think, you know, sadly for us three, we're old enough to remember those sort of um, early vocal, sort of venomous, passionate nights and, and days, the early days, especially at the Stadium Light. And we remember nights like the, the Sheffield United playoff semi-final against Sheffield United where it was just, I cannot describe it. It was must have been vile for Sheffield United that night. And I felt like it was a little bit like like last night for the, their neighbours, um, Chef Wed. There's certain things that just give you an identity. And again, it goes back and some people say, oh, this is a new start and whatever. But running out, they're ready to go. It, it's just something that was synonymous with it. The way it was done was absolutely perfect. And another thing, it's a small detail. The scoreboards last night were a bit different. You could see like it was it was black with the faint cat's eyes behind it. Everything just, it just felt right. Um, and it shows if you, if you can just align the fans with, the, so they can like associate with the club. You don't need to do too much. The fans will get behind you. This hill was a tough place to go to. Chef Wed, for me, one of the better sides in this league. They're the one side I kind of didn't really want to face over two legs, but we've got an advantage. And, and you know, I don't think anyone would have fancied facing Sunderland either. We're still a form team that's 14 games unbeaten. We're not really conceding goals. And hey, anything can happen. But Dave, one word answer Are Sunderland going to beat Sheffield Wednesday or get a draw? Ultimately, we're going to get a Wembley. You can't have one word, uh, but I'm, I'm not giving it. I didn't give a prediction yesterday to anyone who asked me. So I'm not saying a word, but I'm exactly like you. I've got confidence in who we have in the squad and who's running the squad at the minute. And that's as good as you'll get, unfortunately. <laughs> to answer your question, I don't have a fucking clue. <laughs> None of us do, and that's why we're on a podcast, not in the dugout. Driven in by Slaw, and forced in by Patrick Roberts! Sunderland are going to be there at Wembley on Saturday, May the 21st, after a 93rd minute goal from Patrick Bloody Roberts. And should we navigate it past the best player in League One, Barry Bannon and Sheffield Wednesday? Absolutely buzzing, mate. Nervous wreck for the whole 90, well, 102 minutes yesterday. But here we are. Don't give a shit how we got there. We're on our way. How are surely this time Sunderland have got, to, they've got to do it this time, haven't they? Surely it's our time. In a one off game, they can't do their type of shithousing sit behind it because if we go up early they have to come out because it's not going to work just holding on holding on holding on there's uh, something that went I think I'll go 1-0 or 2-1 enjoy your day everyone 
um, be it at home, be it at Wembley, be it with a ticket or without a ticket. If you can get a ticket, if you can afford it, get in there, get behind them. We need to get over the line here as a collective. Uh, hello and welcome to, I don't know if you can hear me, podcast. <laughs> Hopefully it works. Um, oh, there's the kangaroo. Brilliant. Uh, I was going to do five minutes beforehand when, hopefully, this sounds class when you listen back to it. <laughs> that, <laughs> my bastards, and it's bouncing. I, so, like, that's the thing, you might be listening to this and thinking, what time is it? It's, I've been here 20 minutes. The first time I spotted him, he's on Nelson's column in the second row with his shirt off. <laughs> that's how much this club fucking meets everyone, man. It's infectious. I don't know how much you're going to be able to hear this, but with a... Uh, We'll let you go, we just wanted to kind of remember this for ourselves. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, who cares? Hopefully we've got a bit more uh, positive football news tomorrow where you can hear us a bit more clearly, but a couple of players going off. Players smell amazing, by the way, don't oh, they? I've, I've got asthma. I smoke, but I love them. I, I love the smell of a flare, honestly. Um, but I... Enjoy listening. your weekend, everyone. Enjoy your weekend, everyone, if you can. Although you're listening to this on Monday when you're hanging, <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed it. Oh, that flare smells lovely, by the way. That this obviously city in the north, uh, stroke town, comes down to London and actually takes over Trafalgar Square. And we're looking at Nelson's column, which is, I mean, it's like, I don't know, you're asking me to describe what I'm seeing. It's hard, isn't it? It's very hard. It's like we got Sunderland fans crawling up the column to speak. <laughs> like Spider Man. I've been speaking to a lad called Matt all night. Great crack. Never met him before in my life. Just mentioned that he listened to the podcast once and we sat and drank cans. And he was like, oh yeah, my dad just casually came over from Australia. And I'm like, Neil. We're recording, Neil. It was perfect time. Try and not shout. Uh, I'm going to leave you with that. That was perfect. Uh, a bloke came from Australia was the end of the story. Nice buzz about the place last night was absolutely brilliant. You know, it was a celebration of Sunderland, really. Uh, you know, the people, not, not so much about where the football club is just now, but today it's all about the game. Um, and yeah, as, as Dan said, we, we do have a lot of confidence in Alec Neil um, taking us into this. and Absolutely hoping for the best.
I just felt that we were going to do it this time, the whole way through, and um, we've done it. And I know that's maybe not the perfect way end the pod, and you'd rather hear something fans singing it inside of Wembley in full time, but I was enjoying myself like the rest of his. Um, what a brilliant, brilliant couple of days. For a whole generation of Sunderland fans, and a generation on top probably, a massive, massive thing. Because um, scars remain for a long time, especially when the hunting ground's not a nice place. But I've gone on a rant and I'm just happy, like, which is good. Mate, just the, the, the weekend out in general was just phenomenal. Like, that's only the second time I've done Trafalgar Square the night before. And, and it was just epic, just... Massive thanks to you. I know I put a, a massive sentimental tweet out yesterday, which uh, I'd you were drunk. Uh, I, I, I genuinely wasn't, to be fair. I was like, it was quarter to five or something like that in the morning, and I just couldn't switch off. Genuinely. You sloppy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been the best manager we've had at this level by far. And I'm sure... Torchwood, he'll be here a lot longer. He said he wants to be here. And if anyone in that board thinks he shouldn't be here, they want absolutely kicking right directly up the arse. But that was why Saturday was so special. And that's why since February it's been so special. The pride was completely ripped out of this football club. The arse was completely, like, literally, the arse was gone from it. The pride, the history, everything was on the verge of, we didn't even want to do a review podcast. And that was after the MK Dons game which is when Alex Neal was in charge because we were so sad about what we thought the football club had become. For him to galvanise it, and the players deserve credit for this as well, absolutely. Um, thanks so much for getting us through it, playing the long game, sticking with it, sticking with something even when it was crap and you were getting criticised and you knew it was crap and the club was crap. You stuck with it and you, you've won at Wembley and you've given us a day that has turned the ship around and, and give us all a moment to be like, you know what, this club is not a joke league one club, it's an enormous football club that will be always famous, always strong, always powerful and always backed by an absolutely venomous, magic set of people. Um, and you were part of that and you are part of turning that ship round. And for Alex Neal and the other players that have maybe not been here as long as Luke and, and Lyndon and Aidan and the likes of Bailey, Danny Bart, for example, thanks for your part on it as well because you started turning this ship around and no matter what happens in the future, you've got that on your Sunderland CV and as fans, we don't forget it. And then when we come back, it'll be a championship preview show, a championship review show and hopefully a really successful season and a really successful period in Sunderland's history. But Brad, thanks for joining me for the the, the final Wembley uh, preview. Uh, preview? Wembley show. Re- what <laughs> preview, preview. What, the finally, final chat about Wembley. Um, I go final League One the final League One podcast. The final League One podcast, touch wood, hopefully. Um, hi, thanks very much, Brad. Cheers. Pleasure.